0: The reading is from Corinthians 2, 7, verses 2 to 13. Paul's joy over the church's repentance. Make room for us in your hearts. We have wronged no one. We have corrupted no one. We have exploited no one. I did not say this to condemn you. I have said before that you have such a place in our hearts that we would live or die with you. I have spoken to you with great frankness. I take great pride in you. I'm greatly encouraged. encouraged in all our troubles. My joy knows no bounds. For when we came into Macedonia, we had no rest, but were harassed at every turn. Conflicts on the outside, fears within. But God, who comforts the downcast, comforted us by the coming of Titus, and not only by his coming, but also by the comfort you had given him. He told us about your longing for me, your deep sorrow, your ardent concern for me, so that my joy was greater than ever. Even if I caused you sorrow by my letter, I do not regret it. Though I did regret it, I see that my letter hurt you, but only for a little while. Yet now I am happy, not because you were made sorry, but because your sorrow led you to repentance. For you became sorrowful as God intended, and so were not harmed in any way by us. Godly sorrow brings repentance that leads to salvation and leaves no regret but worldly sorrow brings death. See what this godly sorrow has produced in you, what earnestness, what eagerness to clear yourselves, what indignation, what alarm, what longing, what concern, what readiness to see justice done. At every point you have proved yourselves to be innocent in this matter. So even though I wrote to you, It was neither on account of the one who did the wrong, nor on account of the injured party, but rather that before God you could see for yourselves how devoted to us you are. By all this we are encouraged.
1: Thank you, Johnny. Let's just pray before we dive into this. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for this letter, Lord. We pray that you'd speak to us through it, Lord God, and we would know what to do with it, how it applies to us, our situation, our lives, and our relationship with you and those around. In the name of Jesus, amen. I just want to add my welcome to Libby's, if I've not met you. My name is Paul. I'm one of the ministers here at the service. Do come and say hello at the end, if I don't know you, have not met you. I wonder if you've ever received a difficult email. Maybe you can think back to be like, oh, that was hard. That was painful. Uh, that was very brutally honest. Maybe it was a, a work league or a friend or a family member. I wonder if you've ever had to write a difficult letter, a difficult email and it, you've pored over it. I was speaking to somebody just this morning who said they'd wrote an email, they'd crafted it, they'd spent a lot of time looking at it, and then they put it in their draft. They didn't send it. And then they woke up the next morning and they looked at me like, yeah, I'm not gonna send that. I'm gonna change some of them words because that's a bit harsh. They felt differently before they sent it. I was reflecting on a letter that I had to write 20 years ago. And it was a letter. It wasn't an email. It wasn't a text. Uh, I was living in New York. I'd moved away from my hometown. And I was actually writing a letter to a friend. Uh, We'd grown up together. um, We'd done life together. We um, had a difficult moment and something difficult within our friendship and our relationship. And whilst I was away, I was reflecting on what had happened. And I began to write this letter. And it was a very long letter. I had repetitive strain, writing. Uh, I wasn't you know used to writing so much. It was pages long. I cried as I wrote it. Um, and my hope was, my desire was, that by sending this letter, that I could admit my wrong and say, look, I'm sorry where I've gone wrong. I'm sorry for my part in this. This is what was hard with our relationship. This is what I feel you've done wrong. Can we restore this relation? Can we move forward? And I wrote it for the sake of unity and and to move forward. Uh, The letter was successful. Um, He received it well, uh, replied, uh, and we are close friends still now. But it was difficult to write at the time. Here we see the uh, letter that Johnny has just written. So the context for this is the Apostle Paul loved the church in Corinth He loved the church, been involved in planting this church. He'd moved away from it and had been hearing reports about it. Some of the stuff was alarming, some of the stuff worried him, concerned him. So he goes and visits the church. Commentaries call the visit the painful visit. So he went there and it was actually painful to be there amongst them. Some of the people within the congregation were rejecting his teaching, his authority, and they disputed his correction as well. It was really difficult. It was really awkward. It was a bit of a strained relationship that he had, even though he loved her. So he writes this letter. In verse 4, we see that he uh, wrote, I have spoken with you with great frankness. You know, people who can really speak the truth in love, (laughs) they don't like flower their words. They kind of like just cut right to the cause. Like, This is what I uh, think. This is what I uh, believe. He's writing to them with great frankness. And this is a letter that what commentaries describe as the tearful letter, a tearful letter. He loves these guys, but he wants to address certain things. It's painful for him. It's painful for them to hear as well. But Paul's heart in all of this is a unity. So in one of the commentaries, Paul Barnett says this, Paul's overriding objective was spiritual unity between them and him. So his heart was there that he wanted unity between him and them. He wanted them to be on the same page. He wanted them to journey together. But it's been difficult on both ends, writing it and receiving it. And, you know, being a Christian doesn't uh, make you immune from struggles, does it? even if you're a Christian, we find that wherever there's people, there's problems, there's relationships, there's friendships, there's conflicts, there's breakdowns, there's disagreements, there's texts that get read wrong, there's exclamation marks that shouldn't be in, the right, in that place, and it, it all gets misunderstood. There's things that people say that they shouldn't say, there's tiredness, there's all sorts of stuff that goes on, and even if you're a Christian, it doesn't rule you out from struggling. In fact, Tim Keller says that uh, suffering is actually at the heart of the Christian story. Suffering is at the heart of Christian story. We know that we can have conflicts and struggles and disputes and difficulties in life. And life can be messy sometimes. Relationships can be messy sometimes. Friendships can be messy sometimes. We heard in the past couple of weeks we were interviewing Connor and and Mike as well, just about some of the things that they've been going through, some of the difficulties and struggles that they've been uh, experiencing For us, uh, it looked like uh, recently we received uh, quite a difficult um, letter Uh, or email from uh, the council, which was tricky that we had to work through, that's getting sorted, but at the time it was really difficult. I then got COVID, which meant I had to isolate, um, and which meant I was just kind of in the house, we had to juggle all the stuff with the children and go to school and everything else. Whilst we were isolating, our van got stolen uh, within the same period of time, which meant that we could then not go out and try and sort everything out and uh, rearrange our holiday and all that sort of stuff. And some of that's just life, isn't it? It's just the mess. Of life like life isn't perfect life isn't great we face these difficulties we face these challenges we face these struggles whether you believe in God or not but what the amazing thing is what happened is is that we were aware that God is with us throughout all them times one of the things I think it was that Connor said and he was interviewed that recently life's been up and down like this the loss and the the grief and the pandemic and everything that's been going on but there's been this consistent line right the way through it, and that's a consistent line of God's grace, God's mercy, and God's uh, love in all of it. So the Apostle Paul is pouring over this letter. He loves the people. He loves the church, and again in his commentary, Paul Barnett says this, the writer was torn between his love and concern, not bringing, uh, concern not to bring pain, and, t- and determination not to weaken godly standards for their congregational life. So he's torn in all of this, as well as a wrestle, as a struggle. He doesn't really want to hurt them and, and cause a lot of pain. He realized that by doing it, it's going to, it's going to ruffle feathers, it's going to be painful. He wants to bring spiritual unity between the two of them, but he's torn between hurting them and and moving them forward to correct and strengthen who they are, to get Jesus back into the centre, to accept him uh, as an apostle, as someone that's planted the church and and someone that loves the church, uh, and just accept his correction and his rebuking, that they would come back in line with Jesus, in following Jesus, and he's hoping that they would do uh, the latter, that they would move towards Jesus, bring him back into the centre. In some ways, this letter is like the grit that gets into the oyster that hopefully will produce a pearl. In Wild Pearls, with oysters, you see that the grit get in and the oyster will try and flush it out and it'll have this wrestle and this struggle and it'll try and create fluid that'll basically flush out this grit that gets in that's painful and difficult and annoying and it's like a thorn in the side, but it produces a pearl. And the Apostle Paul is hoping that by challenging this behavior, by saying to them, look at where you are and look at where you're going, bring Jesus back into the center, have Jesus back into the center, accept my correction, accept my rebuke, and see that um, I'm wanting the best for you, that it will produce a pearl. That this sorrow that it's created will be a godly sorrow. It will be a sorrow that will turn them to Jesus, it will turn them to repentance, it will turn them to turn around and to follow Uh, Jesus. And we believe that the letter was successful. The sorrowful letter achieved what the painful visit failed to achieve, a clear-cut, unified response amongst the Corinthians. So it was successful. My letter was successful. Maybe it doesn't always work out that way, but by him to pour my heart out and and open my heart to a friend and to be honest and to, to say my part in it, it produced a pearl. It produced a friendship that is stronger. It produced what I hoped it to achieve, and that was unity between us. Sometimes we have to have these conversations. The Apostle Paul had to, he was torn, but he had to write this letter. He had to be honest with them and open with them. He had to challenge them on their behavior and how they were um, operating and functioning. And sometimes we have to do that. Some years ago, um, I worked with a friend who was also a colleague, um, and this was um, down in England. But there was these moments where we would uh, be together and, and disagree with some stuff, and sometimes I was wrong, sometimes he was wrong, sometimes we were both wrong. But we would go for these walks together, and I would kind of feel a bit nervous. I'd be like, there's this one thing that I just want to speak the truth in love. Uh, and I, I feel like I've been wronged, and maybe we've misunderstood, but I just want to share my part of it. And my hope is that in the end of it that we can, um, we can be unified in it. So we would go for these walks and after pouring my heart out and on the rare occasion that I was right and he was wrong, he would have this amazing um, comeback. He'd have this amazing response. When I would say uh, what I would say, he said, you know what? You're right. And I'm so sorry. You know what? You're right. And I'm so sorry. And sometimes it takes a, a bit of humility uh, to be humble to say, Do you know what? Thank you for sharing that. I'm so sorry. You're right and to move forward in the relationship. Verse 10 in this letter that Johnny read out, uh, this is in the message actually, the message abbreviation says this, distress that drives us to God turns us around. It gets us back in the way of salvation. We never regret that kind of pain. It's godly sorrow. It's the good sorrow. It's not the the sorrow of the world, which leads to death, as the the letter says, but it's a godly sorrow that turns us around and brings us to salvation. We see that in verse 11, that the letter produced good stuff within them. It produced fruit within them. It was successful. This challenge, this letter that was hard to write, difficult, created um, fruit and produced a good result in it. I too need to be aware of this, and and if somebody speaks something to me or says that I've wronged them or uh, wants to amend a relationship or a friendship with me, that I need to hear that and say, you know what, you're right, and I'm sorry, and turn around. And in my relationship with God as well, when I'm aware that there's things that I've done or that that I do that aren't helpful or get in the way of my relationship with God, I'm able to come and say, you know what, I'm sorry, Lord, i want to turn around, and I want to journey back towards you. Now, I'm not an advocate for tattoos. I'm not saying we all need to go and get tattoos. Uh, I have a tattoo, but it's something that I felt that I wanted to do and that was right for me to do at the time, and I have a a tattoo that is the return key and the enter key on a keyboard. Uh, That's on my arm. And for me, it's a prayer reminder. So it reminds me to return back to God, to enter into all that God has for me. But it's also a prayer reminder for my friends. I've got loads of friends that grew up going to church and they just fell out of love with church, and they're no longer in a relationship with God, they don't longer go to church or anything, and it's a prayer reminder for me, That's kind of, it's not permanent because you can't be removed, but it's a permanent semi-permanent reminder for me to pray for my friends to return back to their faith, to return back to the relationship that they've got with God, to come back to what they first had, once had, that love of Jesus, that they would enter into all that God's got for them. Maybe some of us know people, friends, family members that have walked away from their faith, a reminder just to say, Lord, bring them back. Let them turn around. Godly sorrow. Maybe it's a challenge. Maybe it's an encouragement to say, hey, Why don't you journey back to church? Why don't you come back to this or to that and just experience all that God has for you? God loves us so much that he doesn't leave us where we are. Max Lucado, and this is the final quote I want to end with, but Max Lucado talks about the rescue, the great rescue, going after the one. Max Lucado said this, God loves you just the way you are, but he refuses to leave you that way. He wants you to be just like Jesus. I wonder then what might we be aware of that we may have gotten wrong, maybe in a friendship, in a relationship, maybe in our relationship with God. Where might we need to say sorry to a friend or where it's appropriate to do so? Or maybe we might need to repent and say sorry to God. And can we allow difficulty, struggles, and sorrows to lead us to God? Let me just pray. Father, we pray that you just take some of that. And Lord, that you produce a pearl in that, Lord, in the wrestle, in the struggle where there's sorrows and and difficulties, Lord, that we would turn to you and not away from you, that we turn towards you and not away from you. That Father, we would constantly be moving forward in our friendships and our relationships, Lord. That we would pray for those, Lord, who have walked away from their faith, that they would just get this godly sorrow that, Father, they would see it and repent and turn and, and enter into all that you have for them, we pray. In the name of Jesus, amen.